Good. I'm glad we're recording That's- now because we can always add a little blooper or a little outtake for those sort of. <laughs> I love blooper reels. I love blooper reels. Also, can we just talk about the fact that both of you are so professional right now, whereas that I just have a microphone, so I'm just going to use this. Is that a cat? <laughs> Wait, what is it? Yes, we can just pretend it's a microphone so I look as professional as oh you do. Oh my gosh, stop it. It's like a cat. Anyway. It's a ceramic cat. Come and stay a while amid the British charm that is called my brain. I'm a journalist and pastor in California, but don't hold that against me. I wasn't brainwashed. I chose to leave my atheism on my own accord, consequently after two sips of Kool-Aid. But that's for another time. These opinions are my own most of the time. The humour was learned of a book I found in a hedge, and the dreamer in me, well, she's here to stay. So you're very welcome. My friends, I should start as I as I always mean to start with my podcast. It feels so strange when I'm visual with you, and I f- I forget that I've just got a microphone listening to this podcast. So, friends, Romans, countrymen, thank you so much for joining the Carry On podcast. I have two beautiful, wonderful. I love to call them friends. We are the three of us have done a, a three part series. This is the third part of the other two parts. If you want to see the other two parts or listen to those, then you need to go on to Cat Harris, who is our first guest. Feel free to say oh, it. hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I didn't know if you were just going to go straight on to the you other guest. Or... I, I, I gesticulated, but my hand is off the screen. So you can't <laughs> see me. No, I'm, I'm, learning. I'm learning the video part of this podcasting. And then we also have Kate Warren, who is um, part of the Heart of Dating. So we've got the Refined Woman and the Heart of Dating with us today. And um, here's the deal. I Carrie. To, yes. Can you say my last name again? I love he- hearing it when you say it. Is it am I, honestly, if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. I no, it's I, amazing. I'm it's in, my last name is English. It's 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 yeah. Say it one more time. It just hey, sounds. I love it. Hate woman. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. This is why I should marry a British man. To be honest with you, Miss <laughs> Woman. Yes, Miss Woman. I, I've literally, my, my accent is, um, is, it takes probably an extra hour out of my day in America as opposed to in England, whether it's the drive through they're like, sorry, what? And I have to go, can I have some water instead of water? Because they don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, so listen, we, uh, the three of us talk about boys and dating and I wrote dating books, gosh, my first one was 2013. And these two have just come out with their own books, and I'm so excited because I think we've gone on such a beautiful progression since 2013 mm-hmm. to now. I think we're, we've got a lot more communication media to be able mm-hmm. to talk about these things honestly instead of just relying from particular influences or voices. Now your voices are coming out, and it's beautiful because you really do know this generation, and mm-hmm. um, I really love your content on both of your accounts but also really love our chats separately individually um all together when we're just talking about the ways of the world so i i met kat for actually i met both of you in new york probably about six seven years ago um kate mm-hmm. i just sat to in the cinema there's a group of us going to watch something in the cinema and she sat next to me with some hummus and carrots and i thought well that's a much better <laughs> choice than my popcorn choice 
So that's how I met. <laughs> we never talked. Like, I love that you remember that. Yeah. No, I just remember she's, I was like, that girl's really cute. And I love her <laughs> accent. And trust me, I was coveting and wishing I could have that popcorn if I wasn't majorly allergic to it, Carrie. Okay, girl. <laughs> so <laughs> there I was just eating a vast of popcorn next to her. And then Kat and I had a lovely drink one time in New York. I can't remember the bar that we were in, but we had a lovely drink and we were just talking about the journey of dating itself for me, Christian. It felt so refreshing to speak to Kat about just being single and um, so Mm -hmm. both of them coming out with books which I'm going to make sure you plug at the end of this podcast (laughs) and um, I'm very excited about them but more than anything your authenticity and honesty about this subject is what I love just connecting with you guys and just bouncing off thoughts because quite frankly um, we are in an interesting time we are the most single generation today 18 to 40 is the most single generation we've ever been um, and so I think we're looking for more tactics, more tips for help for survival. And yeah. today I actually want to talk a little bit about how we how we keep the hope alive when we've had this dream for a long time mm-hmm. to be married, and when we have a back catalogue growing over our age span of experiences. Where we we can, if we're not careful, and I'm sure you get the same as I do, which is messages from friends going, "I'm losing it. I'm losing my mind on this entire experience mm-hmm. of dating." But I do, the first, before I go into that subject, which will be the main part of the podcast, I actually want to look a little bit at um, how are you guys finding it now dating? Now you're much more influential in the dating world and on social media. Uh-huh. You guys both have 50,000 plus followers. How are you finding dating now? Because I'd like to share a few stories about that. <laughs> Yes, it's not as fun. It's not as fun for me dating now as it used to be because um, (laughs) people can Google you incredibly quickly and put you Mm, in a yeah. So um, let's let's go for it, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. So first, I I think what will be interesting about this conversation is Kate and I definitely have pretty different experiences, I would say, dating as a person in leadership or with some sort of platform. Mm. And now it takes about two seconds online to find out that I have a whole podcast series about masturbation, that I have (laughs) chapters in my book called, Is Jesus a Feminist? Um, I, I basically, if there is a hard topic or hard question, I'm gonna ask it. And that's just the, that's the way I've always been. If there's ever been an elephant in the room ever since I was a little girl, I'm like, Hey, uh, are we going to talk about that? (laughs) There's an (laughs) elephant there. And so I've always been that way. And I think I kept that quiet publicly for a long time because I was trying to please everyone And in the last few years, I think I've more and more come into my own by giving myself permission to ask out loud the questions that I think so many of us are asking. Mm. And so I think hot, hot button questions can create certain reactions with people, positive and negative. What's the the toughest reaction you've had so far? Oh, I mean... I get, I mean, I just told you guys right now about a conversation that I just had online today Mm. and I'm on a daily basis told I'm not a Christian. I, I think the most painful ones come from people that I know Mm. who 
we'll be like, well, I didn't listen to the episode, but <laughs> you're leading people, yes. you're leading people astray. And I'm like, well, first of all, listen to the freaking episode and then let's have a conversation. Yeah. But I think it's, I feel very flattened when someone tells me what I am or am not. You're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't believe in God. You're yeah. leading people astray. And I'm like, first of all, why are you speaking that over me? (laughs) Um, And, you know, that is really painful. And then I think also the thing that can also really hurt my feelings is the comments that don't need to be made. Um, I'll put up an Instagram reel or a post and the, there could be a hundred lovely comments of this is encouraging, or let me ask a question about this. I I don't really understand. And then there's the one person who has responded to like everyone who is saying, this is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine is They got their megaphone out. They're like, like, listen to me. At least an hour out of your day to (laughs) bully a stranger on the internet. And you probably think you're doing God's work. Um, yeah. So I think what's been most hurtful in my experience is that the only hate I've ever gotten is from other people who claim that they love Jesus. And that's been hard. So those are like some of the painful stuff. But then I think in regards to dating, I feel like either way, I think I've, I feel like I have felt as though I've been flattened to like a stick figure on a page. Yeah. Whether it's like, oh my gosh, I think she's super attractive and she loves God. And so even on the first date, I don't really, it's like I see a glazed overlook. Yeah. Almost like he's not even trying to get to know me because he has already made up his mind about me that he thinks I'm the best thing since sliced bread, which thank you so much. But (laughs) get to know my heart outside of a soundbite of something that I put online. What I put online is, is the tip of the iceberg. And then the opposite of that too I recently was told by two guys in my community on separate occasions and it was, it kind of slipped out. Like they were talking about someone else and they go, Oh yeah, I would never date a girl in the church who had more than a thousand followers. <laughs> and I said, well, I, so, said okay. well, now. I go, I don't judge you for being a finance bro. <laughs> I got to know you. Why are you judging me for my job? And so I think, I have, I feel like if anything, having this platform has in a lot of ways hindered my dating life and Mm. that has felt really painful because I feel like I want someone to give me a chance just like I want someone to give the woman I'm coaching a chance. Don't just think you know me before getting to know me. Yeah. And that's, that's the danger, I think. And, and of course, whether it's from a dating angle or from the influencer and commentary that we love to receive, um, mm-hmm. both publicly and privately, uh, all of it comes from fear. As soon as people are starting to put us in brackets, all of it comes yeah. from this insane amount of fear mm. that says, if I can just put you into a bracket, then I can, I can pallet myself. 
And so I don't know whether we're challenging people enough on these moments of bracketing, assumptions, the conclusions. So few people are asking questions. So many people are wanting to make conclusions. And it's it's creating so much division of just general connection that I think about when I was clubbing at 18 and no one had a mobile phone. I think we just got those pages that people take. <laughs> oh my gosh, a pager. Oh you know, my gosh. Those tiny things that you put in your, your belt clip and make sure it's always on display because you're really cool. Oh um, my gosh. We would have those. But apart from that, you know, we were very present in that space and whatever someone presented to you in the moment in connection was what you got. You didn't have a back catalog or a biog that you could Google. Um, but it's true. It's, mm-hmm. I, I, I can relate to you an awful lot, Kat, on what, on what you're saying. Kate, do you feel the same? Or have you had a different journey? Well, I can relate on time. (laughs) (laughs) I I can relate on some of that for sure. I think, um, what has been interesting, I think actually, because I have catered heart of dating specifically for men, women and men, um, there are more men in that community that, um, not that there are a great amount of men, but there are more men. So I do have more of a male following, personally, and then also on Heart of Dating. And because also one of the things I often preach about is, or teach about is dropping the hanky. I do get guys from my community, people I'm teaching who actually drop the hanky then on me. And so I appreciate that. And I'm open to that. And I have dated people through social media. So I don't see my social media dating as a bad thing. However, I'm cautious for a few reasons. And this is what I'll say. The first thing I want to relate to what Kat said was um, just people thinking that they fully know me. They know this idea of me. And for all my life, I have been an Enneagram three and I have been like, I have been in the past a person that wanted to portray a certain image of myself. And so past me would be gloriously happy that these guys just think like almost put me on a pedestal that like, wow, this girl has her stuff together. She loves God. She's a teacher. She's blah, blah. Old me would be like, oh my gosh, yes, I did such a good job curating my image. But new me is like, wait a second, that it like, you know, some of me, but like, you actually don't really know me. And I've worked really hard that in my intimate community, like I am really fully known for all parts of me, not just the parts I want to portray. And not that I'm not real on the internet, but I think where I have a hard time is, uh, yeah, I, sure. I love talking about dating and sure. I've done a lot of healing and I would say, quote unquote, I'm a high caliber woman, whatever you want to say. Like, um, but I would say also the hard part is I, um, I have, I still have struggles and in deep, intimate relationships, those come out and, um, I work through them as best as I can. And I still have insecurities that I work through, you know, this just because you teach on it doesn't mean you are perfect in all areas. And so I just, sometimes I just don't love today in the past would have loved being put on that pedestal today. I don't love being put on a pedestal. Cause I'm like, you think I am this grandiose, amazing thing, but you don't really know me yet. Like say those things once you get to know me. And I I appreciate the gestures and the intentionality and the pursuit, but I'm like, I really want you to actually think that I'm a real person and not just this image of what you, who you think I am. Um, And so that, that's been hard. Uh, That part of it is like, oh man, like, do you actually want to pursue me or do you want to pursue this image of me that you've created in your head, you know? Uh, And so because of that, I'll just admit something that sometimes when I am dating, 
I kind of like remove some of that imagery behind the scenes for them pretty quickly. Like I'm not just like cutesy feminine Kate. I'm like, I I throw in some things to be like, I want you to see that this is the real me as well. Like that there's more to this than just what you've experienced me on my podcast and on Instagram and all the things. Um, I also would say that I have had to be careful to be honest, you guys, like there are people and men out there that have also tried to get close to me because they want to become something. And I think that is, that's really difficult to discern, but I've also done my best through leadership and guidance to discern like when somebody's trying to get in with me because they want something from me or they they see this as their opportunity to get in with ministry and to become Instagram famous or whatever. And uh, I've definitely had that happen a number of times. So it's definitely, it's interesting. Um, online dating is a whole new ball game. I do not put online that I'm an, a dating coach or I just say podcast host. But of course they ask me what my podcast is about. I'm like, <laughs> well... <laughs> Dating, <laughs> you know, so it that in of itself also brings up. I'm an entrepreneur. That's great. <laughs> oh, I should start putting entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Much better. Yeah, that's much better, Kat. Yeah. Maybe I should change I my profile. Yeah, just put entrepreneur. You don't need to put podcast host, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless that's what, unless you want to do that. Yeah. I think what I have found with myself at times is I resent the platform, mm-hmm. or I can book. I can come to resent the platform, and then remind myself no one put a microphone in my hand but me totally totally i i bought the microphone (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. no one no one's making me do this yeah right this is something i'm doing because i feel like it's an invitation from god but Mm -hmm. i can get to where i feel resentful and then i'm like well and go get another job yeah. Mm. And that's where your social media accounts. <laughs> I found I found the same in the sense of um I was kind of kind of coying away from the dating relationship stuff as things were starting to kick off. I found myself um not wanting to talk about dating and not wanting to talk about relationships, um, because I was so nervous that it was going to impact my private life, even though I recognized both of those were cross vector and I recognized I'd have to use a private experience in order to be able to talk about it. Um but I re- I just recognized I was like I was creating this fortress with my own vocal communication about how things were. And then um, I think probably about a year or two ago, I went, you know what? I mean, I'm actually more interested in character than I am about dating, mm-hmm. which is where I started yeah. talking about that stuff. Because normally all the time, whenever we're talking about, oh, hey, can I just pick your brains about this interaction I just had? It's normally something to do with each other's character. It's normally something to do with how we're behaving. And so therefore I've always been, I, I realized that my, my heart for dating was actually to do with character as well. And also it, but it still creates this position, like you are saying, Kate, of like, perfectionism and if I get anything wrong then you've got this plethora of teachings that could easily be used in my face at any moment in time and so yeah I, I and I care for authenticity so much I thought I just won't do anything at all um and then I mm. and I recognized well part of building my character is to face some of these hurdles some of this resentment some of these things that are actually holding me back from being the fullness of who I was supposed to be and I've allowed people's opinions and yeah. um, thoughts and theories that have never met me, never mind interacted with me or mm. or even had a relationship or a friendship with me that come with those kind of brackets. So 
um, the more time, the more people I, I interact with, the more influencers I meet, you know, just in, in life, the more I realize we're all on the same page of, oh, you too. And some of the, some of the funniest stories and some of the finest nights are when we're actually sitting around the table talking about the most ridiculous things that people have said to us or accusations that are nowhere near the truth. And equally, when they're getting close to the truth, then Mm -hmm. we've got those people to bring us strength. But what are the things that help, like practicals that make you feel strong in the journey of like, I don't have, because I think we'd all feel a lot better if we were like, and here's what you can win. And here comes my husband, you know, and it's, and and I think, (laughs) gosh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast where someone had said, let me, let me guess. She's not married. She doesn't have children and therefore is the perfect definition of someone that would destroy all nations. To which I, I was like, I wish I was that powerful. I wish I was that powerful, but I'm, I'm not. Oh my gosh. Um, And so with that, with that entire, and it was some troll on YouTube with an interview that I was doing about no. Oh my gosh. Um, But that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we do tend to experience and it can be very painful to not start to believe it as well, especially when you've got your open desire attached to it. So my question is, what are the practicals that you guys do to keep yourself strong? And obviously, Mm. not not being strong as in building the fortress, but building a strength in you that can handle that kind of adversity, as well as then also being vulnerable and ready to open your heart every time for dating again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, who wants to go first? Mm. I mean, I had a conversation with my mom this week where I just said, mom, I just feel like I'm striking out so much right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, I strike out more than anyone I know when it comes to dating. Yeah. And she goes, but also you put yourself out there more than anyone that I know. Yeah. And so, I mean, just this week I had three disappointing situations where two of them were online and those are very low stakes, but they're still disappointing when you're like, Oh, okay. You just want to have sex with me. Okay, great. That we're not in alignment and that's not what I want. So we actually don't even need to meet up, but Mm -hmm. I live what I preach. I drop Mm -hmm. the hanky. I am not afraid to ask a guy out. And when I get rejected, it still hurts. It is painful. And just because I teach it doesn't mean that I teach it because I need to hear it the most. Yeah. 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 That's that's why it's so much of it is my message. And so I think a huge thing that I do is first just give myself permission to feel whatever's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to coaching myself. Well, you know that, you know, he wasn't emotionally available and well, yeah. And I'm still sad. And so, you know, you, Carrie, you and I will send voice memos back and forth to each other. Kate and I will send voice memos and I'll say, okay, coaching hat off. I need a vent or I know, I know how I would coach someone, but I am stuck right now and I need your help. And so, so much of it is having people in place in my life when I'm discouraged and I'm like, I need you to remind me of what's true because I feel like I'm striking out. (laughs) Do I smell like onions? What the hell? And then also having people who are safe enough to, who aren't impressed with the title Mm. of what I do or what I've done and, and can speak truth to me and be like, okay, it sounds like you're being triggered here, or it sounds like you have an expectation about this or, Mm -hmm. um, so that for me has been 
really important um, to give myself permission to feel feelings Mm, yeah, and then to reach out for your support from safe people where I don't have to have the hat on of coach or author or podcaster, but I can just be like, I'm 35 and I just got rejected. I just asked a guy out and he said no. And yeah. I just totally read that situation wrong and I'm embarrassed and I feel rejected and I'm so tired of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah. it's the exhaustion of opening up the heart over and over. And, um, but also yep, that's it. is actually the, the ability to have people in your life that speak the truth to you. So they, they give you hope when you're losing it, but also they speak the mm-hmm. truth to you when you're getting it wrong. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I work well with lots of yes people around. I work well with people who are like, mm, let's also look at this, this, and this. Um, mm-hmm. And I can trust their yes when they're starting to explain their no to me so much more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the accountability of that, of keeping us true to ourselves rather than being blown away again, or the wind just feeling like it's sweeping off, off our feet mm-hmm. every time we get blown blown around by some kind of action mm-hmm. or poor behavior, and we take it on as our own. Because I think we are quite powerful yeah. women, and so we, you know, if we see something we need to fix, we'll get it done. And we'll get it sorted and we'll, we'll go after that thing like there's no tomorrow. But we can't do that with other people's behaviors. And so I, I love what you're sharing there, Kat. That's really beautiful. Kate, what were you going to say? I interrupted you. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, first of all, thank you for sharing all that, Kat. And it's an honor to like walk with you guys in this season. Yeah. Like that's part of it too, is like, I, I love, and one of my biggest encouraging things is to be able to talk with people who get it. Like there's a beauty to like having people who both get you and get what you're going through. So what a unique thing that we, as people who talk publicly about dating can have each other, you know, I think really God is so kind in that, that we can walk alongside one another and share like, Hey, I know I preached this or talked about this yesterday on the podcast, but like, um, here's what I'm going through, <laughs> like literally, and I need encouragement. I just need a listening ear. And like, I know the answer. I said it freaking yesterday. Okay. But I need you. I need somebody to hear that. I can't tell you how many times I've also just voice memoed cat with things like that. And I'm like, ah, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think for me, the hard part, I think in recent years is that, yeah, I've put myself out there a lot and I've just had a lot of false starts, meaning I've had a lot of good beginnings that come to an abrupt end. And it's, it's not even like, I almost would prefer for it to be like one day, not great, you know, but for it to be like a few months, like one, two, six weeks to two months of like, this is going well then it doesn't it's this is a no for whatever reason and a lot of times it's me deciding it's a no but it's like oh my gosh like I it just feels it's sad you know and it's disappointing a lot of like just a lot of false starts to the point of Mm. there are there are temptations to to not to grip onto one of those that should be a false start for me to just say but it's okay like maybe I can make this work with this person maybe I could overlook those things you know and and so I have to really check in with myself on that I mean that recently is coming up for me with somebody I've dated in recent months where I'm just like that was the person I really kind of wanted it to work out with and it's just a very Mm. clear false start and like if that person comes back around I'm like mm-hmm. Kate check in with yourself they, this is there are some clear things here that were, were revealed and so but I'm like ah but I really wanted that one to work you know and uh so it's just that disappointment merry-go-round um but at the same time I have to be grateful 
or I find myself also being grateful. Not I have to be, I'm not forcing myself to be, but I genuinely am grateful for the beauty and the intentionality and the pursuit of experiencing actual quality men. Because the guys that are, some of these guys that are false starts, quote unquote, are actually really great quality people for the most part. And people I would like recommend to other other people, you know, not all of them, but yeah. a lot of them. And I'm very grateful for that as well. Another thing, just lastly, on how to, that I keep my hope and um, in this season, in is girls, I have a vision board that I'm literally looking at right now. And I, I love that, you know, as cheesy as it is every year to do a vision board, I, um, I, I love doing them. And this year I really put some things on my vision board that were things that I was waiting to do, you know? And I just like, I, I feel like as a single woman, as independent as I am, I've done a lot thinking like, I don't need a guy to be able to do those things, but there's still like certain buckets and categories where, you know, I'm like, well, I've reserved those few things things in that little bucket. I'll reserve that, the buying of the house, the getting a dog, the traveling to that location, you know? And I decided at the end of last year, like, no, no, I am not going to do that. Like I am going to do those things. And so, yeah, one of the biggest things I just did that you guys already know is that I got a puppy and as like fun and like, mm -hmm. that's so exciting as it sounds for me, that was a big deal. Cause I always wanted to share that responsibility with somebody else. And I so, always like, I'm waiting. I want to share that responsibility. And I've said that for years. I'm like, it will happen. And I really wanted a dog, but yeah. this year I'm like, Nope. You know what? I'm doing it on my own. I felt my mother ain't like I started getting baby fever a little bit at the end of last year, beginning of this year, all my friends having popping out newborns and I'm like, I want one. And, uh, yeah, it was like, I'm going to exercise my mothering in mothering a puppy. So here we are. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of where I want to look at a little bit in these like last 10 minutes is looking mm -hmm. at what I love that you're saying that Kate is, is, you you picked up the whole I'm gonna just get going with my life regardless much earlier than mm. I did. I've only I'm forty. What how old are you now? Thirty one. Yeah. Uh -huh. Cat's thirty five. Is that right? Sorry, yeah. expose yeah. all of our ages. But I know <laughs> I love it. The thing about this conversation is the fact that I'd like to think we're all reflecting the kind of progression of what happens with women going in from their thirties into their forties. The mm. night of my 39th birthday was very difficult for me. It was mm -hmm. full of emotion, full of crying. I, I switched, I, t I closed all the windows <laughs> to my house. I put some Ludovico Ionaldi on. I got my typewriter out and I wrote, and I, the Lord told me to write a letter to myself from him. Wow. So I started writing this mm. letter and he was looking back at my thirties very differently to how I was looking back on my thirties. Mm. I was thinking about it like, I never got to marry the guy. I never got children. Um, and I didn't even have biological clock ticking. I was like, UK, I, I was actually had like the, the puppy and the fostering and I got the puppy actually with a partner that I was with, gosh, when I was 30 and and the partner, the, the dog stayed with me, the partner and I, we split amicably, but I got the dog. That was part of the, the d mini divorce agreement, so to speak, even though we were never married. <laughs> and um, so I'm also aware that there are people that had their dreams come true. They got married in their mm. 20s. We've got a lot of friends between the three of us that are going through divorces. And they're hearing this mm. narrative of like, why are they still single? Or why do they get divorced? And it just feels so oppressive 
to the wirings and the things that the Lord has put into our lives to actually thrive and also be able to rely on some of his strength, not just a guy's strength, but the yeah. Lord's strength as well. So yesterday yeah. I actually signed up for, um, I signed up for, uh, I put in my application for being a foster carer and it just felt like a big deal. Oh like my it, it's the 40 year old, the 30 year old version of getting the puppy. The 40 year old version is get, is now applying to do adoption and, and fostering. And, um, yes, yeah, and that was, that. I wanted to do that with somebody else. And yet I think once you make the decision to go, well, hang on a minute, these are the desires of my heart. I keep waiting for somebody else to come and fulfill them for me rather than the Lord. Mm. And so I'm just wondering mm. where like cat, you're slam bang in the middle between 31 and to 40 what how where are you at how are you feeling right now about being oh my gosh yeah so gosh where am i at as far as chasing dreams or or just uh, yeah i would say like how is it different between 31 to 35 because i would say oh my gosh yeah and i go she's so full of hope Mm -hmm. optimism keeps going Mm -hmm. like it and obviously she allows herself to feel the thing but she bounces back really quickly I think. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas I'm yeah, like, so I think what <laughs> you're like, oh, I've just had, I've, I've gotten kicked in the gut a few more times. <laughs> yeah. So I think where I am at is so as when I turned 34 last year, I no, So yeah, when I turned 34, I, for the first time was like, all right, what, what am, what's, what am I doing with my fertility here? I didn't really know, is my cycle even a normal cycle? If I, I almost kind of started being like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. And so yeah. I started really tracking my cycle. I realized yeah. I do want to own a house. I want to be debt free. And I was in $30,000 debt in 2018, paid it all off by 2019, 2020, I bought my first property. Um, So I just kind of, once I was like, I'm going to, what are the things that I'm waiting to live? Kind of like you, Kate, Um, I just started doing more of those things. And then I also started thinking about what is it that I'm really wanting in my life? And I do want to be married. I do want to have children. And so then I looked at the life that I was currently living and I asked myself, if I were to meet someone today, does my life reflect that that's a value for me? And I, for a long time, was working a ton of hours and my my health was really struggling in New York. And I got to a place where I it was a very hard decision for me to make. And it's not super public. I've shared it once on my podcast and I'm happy to share it here, but I ended up moving to Austin in Austin, Texas during COVID because I realized I don't want to raise kids in New York. Mm. So why am I staying in New York if ultimately I want to raise children somewhere else. And so it was definitely a, a faith step for me to not, not like if you build it, they will come, but what's the life that I'm waiting to live? My life is here yeah. right now. Let's live it. And I think another thing that I've, I've been, I think this is just the way I've been wired. I, I was an athlete my whole life. So I'm all about what are the tiny tweaks? How can we grow? How can we change? And I've been doing therapy and emotional intelligence trainings for like 10 plus years. But even I literally wrote in my journal this morning, Kat, 
how do you want to change? I, and I, I, I go, God, I feel like I'm at a gridlock here with some yeah. stuff. And I've gone through a ton of heartbreak in my family in the last few years. And it's been mm-hmm. so devastating. And so it's brought up all this kind of old trauma. And I just said, yeah. God, I don't know how to change. I don't know how to let go. What do I do? And so I just wrote down, number one, you acknowledge it. Yeah. Number two, or right, number one, you become yeah. aware of it. Mm. Number two, you acknowledge and accept it. And number three, yeah. I take responsibility. Yeah. And then right. number four, I take small action steps to create change yeah. in my life. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I actually can change. Mm-hmm. I actually can not pick myself up by the bootstraps, but I am responsible for my growth. Mm-hmm. Not a, not, Absolutely. not you guys, not mm-hmm. a, a future spouse, not any, not a therapist. Even I, I go, I, I'm just about to meet with your therapist, Gary. Oh, so, so you super, are super excited about that. He is a gift. And do you know what? I also am very nervous to share him because I may never get bookings with him myself. <laughs> he's <laughs> to say, geez, I've, I've given him to you and another girlfriend and he's absolutely fantastic. And uh, oh, I get why he's such a, such a wanted man, but it's such a sage, yeah. uh, such yeah. a hard lord, but also gets the juggler of stuff, which is just, yeah. I'm so excited about yeah. that. Yeah, I'm so excited. So yeah, I'm moving through, um, I getting to know my fertility better. I did some testing last year and there was some, not major problems, but I just, my doctor said, if you want to have children, you need to have a lifestyle change. There's too much stress in your life. And so wow. I'm going through a, po- a point in my life where do I want to freeze my eggs? Do I want to have a baby on my own? Do I want to foster? Do I want to adopt? Like, yeah. God, what are the things that you've put on my heart? And do I feel called to them? Do I feel called to them? Whether or not I have a partner, that's what I'm kind of going through now is like, is that stuff of like, what's the next step there? And yeah. And just keep having a growth mindset set, keep seeking God, keep digging in, keep asking the hard questions. And so that's what I'm doing. Dressing for the job I want, not the job I have. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you when you bring up the freezing of eggs things, I sometimes get two camps of, um, well, you know, is that really an act of faith? You're doing that, you know. Right. I went to one of my strongest groups. I think it's a pretty big act of faith. <laughs> Me trusting that God God has advanced technical technological advances in such a way that well, you can I have actually, a child. The, yeah, I basically, I was, oh, I had all these conflicting different things about it, and uh, as in advice given to me. So I went to go and see um, a really brilliant spiritual mentor in my life, like spiritual dad, and I was like, what are your thoughts about this? And he said, you know, I don't get car insurance because I have little faith. <laughs> I get car insurance because it's just a, a wise thing to do in the ambivalence of life. That's it. That's good. Yes. And so I was like, thank you. That's that's all we needed to know. That's all we needed to check in. I think I think we mm. do I think sometimes we do expect too many times, too often, for God to show up in ways. And I actually would say now that I've in the last year I've got to a point where I'm like, I think I actually feel comfortable. I, I actually would like to spend a year of investing in myself 
which feels really strange to do it now. Wow. I wish I'd done it earlier. I wish I'd done it earlier in my 30s. And um, and you guys have actually done it earlier than me. And I get so excited to see girls do that because I, I think there's you bring so much more to the table when you do get into relationships and you don't you don't become chameleon-like to every character that comes your way. You actually know what's better for you. You know what you're more compatible with. And so I've actually yeah. been on this journey of like, I think for the next, and I'll probably do a full po- podcast on this, of just, I think I'm going to do life single for a year. And that feels, and some people mm. are like, that sounds like you're trying to go into a hidden season when you're not, or are you just trying to avoid intimacy? I'm like, no, I have no problem with intimacy. My, my thing has been, I've been constantly bending, changing, molding to what I believe society feels that I should have been. And as soon as I, as soon as I heard from God and as soon as in myself, I sat with him and went, what if I didn't care about whether society would judge me for being single at 40? Wow. And the Lord went, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, and oh so my I, gosh, wow. I had a yeah. team of people that went, you're phenomenal as you are. We're not disappointed that you're not married. Mm. We're not disappointed you don't have children. I know that's the thing for your heart, but we're not going, hurry up, babe. We're not doing that with you. And I don't know where you're getting it from other than you've been listening to the wrong voices for too long. And so I've, I've got really excited and I can't believe I'd say that, but I got excited about being single for a year and kind of resetting, you know, we're, I'm doing this cleanse with Prolon, thank you, Kate. <laughs> You're welcome, darling. Five days, but I'm like, I think I'm resetting on every level, whether it's relationships, mm, emotional yeah. relationships, how I see marriage, why do I want to get married, and even looking at fostering as a single. Mm. So I'm with you guys. It, it, I, I'm hoping that these little moments, these little shares, will be useful for the ones that reach out to us, going, "How do you keep hopeful?" As a single, you know, there are some that are even younger than all of us that are panicked. And I'm like, please don't panic. It's you got so much time ahead yeah. of you. And I, just, I think, can I just, I just want to add something too, yeah. even though obviously I'm 31, um, you know, and I still like, I went through a major relationship last year. It ended and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, like just the heartbreak of, and the weight of that. It's like, yeah. This, dating can be hard. We, like we, we say yeah. that and I also love it and I'm enjoying it. And also this, it's hard to expose matters of the heart are hard and exposing and love is the greatest risk we'll ever take. Right. Like it, it is yeah. loving. There's nothing like risking for love. And then there's also nothing like hurting because of love. So I, yeah. I just want to, you know, just say that, like we mm-hmm. get it. Like, I think we, we're that. saying that already, but, uh, like, it's the greatest risk. Keep risking for it. And like it does, it's hard. I mean, I just hear all over the place and just, I, why I'm so grateful for you guys is because in the church, we hear so much toxic positivity, like, oh my gosh, but just like enjoy your single life and da, 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 da. And there's just so much toxic positivity. I think there's an ability to be real with our disappointments and still enjoy our lives. Like there's the both and there that like, we we can and we can choose to enter into because obviously mm-hmm. living in the disappointment uh, creates the scarcity mindset, which then creates just has so many adverse reactions in our bodies and just how we live out our lives. Uh, and so it's okay if you live in that for a little bit, but just recognize that you are. I love that Kat said that too, the acknowledge and everything you, all those steps you just said, Kat, 
But yeah, that it's the both and. There's an ability to say, wow, this is freaking hard and disappointing at times. And if I'm ghosted again, man, like I just like, oh, that it's frustrating. Yeah. And there's also a beauty to the journey. Um, yeah. And yeah. there's the both and. And so yeah. I think that's in this last year, I've just really come to grips with because I didn't want to go through another breakup. Like I wanted to marry the guy from last year. I'm so grateful I, I didn't. But like yeah. the both and is like, man, I risked it for love. And that was really freaking hard. And do I regret it? Absolutely not. No. You know, and I'm still right now thankful that I did that. I'm still yeah. right now thankful that I'm have opportunities that I didn't, that maybe God is redirecting me, like not to sound preachy, but like, that's just from my heart. I felt like I wanted to share that right now. It's, it's it can really be the both great. and, you know, no, it's really good. Yeah. Cause I think what's important is even in my journey of like choosing to be single, it's not because I regret all of my thirties of dating. I loved dating. Mm. And I actually would say I wouldn't change anything. I would, I would date all of those guys again. I would literally, for the, all the experience they taught me, all the lessons they gave me, I've, I, I, I literally want to doff my hat to every single one of them and go, thanks for being in my life. Even if it, even if it could have been a bit of a train wreck, I've had some beautiful ones too. But I would say all of those experience, adversity builds character. The tribulations build character. Character brings perseverance into your journey of like the dating journey itself. Perseverance to character, character to hope. My heart is that we actually stop being so frightened of, of getting it wrong, making mistakes, uh, or even choosing the wrong people. What if those guys did actually date someone with more than 1,000 followers? What if that What if that woman actually, we put our hopes and expectations or limitations on people. What if we actually just discovered some phenomenal people that weren't necessarily going to be a marriage, but a relationship on some level, a friendship on some level. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. finding myself as I get older, my, my clenched fist gets open and open and open on what it should look like, how it should be and how it yeah. should feel. But I would say this, I'm glad I haven't married until now, not because I feel like I shouldn't have done, but I actually am really liking the space that I'm getting to before I've even met him. And maybe that took a long time for me. And maybe I'm just so fascinated with late bloomers. I have no idea. But I, I think honestly that the, yeah. the pressure of time, I'm I'm almost begging the church to calm that down because the, the fire and the brilliance in people as singles is often mm-hmm. we get so swept up in our dreams being fulfilled yeah. and the blessing of the Lord because we were given a spouse or a child. Yeah. And they are blessings, but I I also believe that we have to be very careful about our narrative of singles and how we're speaking to each other. So I just publicly want to thank you for being such a great support yeah. and you are great strengths to just bounce these things off and just accepting me for where I am yeah. in my life and uh, and never wishing anything more than where I'm at right now. And for your honesty and, and vulnerability, I know that yeah. I'm sure most people that listen to this podcast already listen to you guys, but if they, if they haven't, do you want to just share a little bit uh, what the book and the podcast where they can find you? Yeah. Go for it, Kate. Okay. <laughs> like, who's first? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So my book, oh my gosh, I still can't believe it, but it, it came out February 16th called Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself. And, you know, it's a book on rejection and not just heartbreak, even though that's in there, but all different kinds of rejection, including how we self-reject, which has been a big journey and learning for me in my singleness, just the ways I've rejected myself or look to other people to fill a void in my life or to fill my identity or make me feel accepted, wanted, and loved. And so I think 
figuring out that part of our lives as singles is actually so, such, so beautiful and very hard, but so beautiful. So, uh, but also if you're not single, this book could still be for here, you, because we all experience rejection. So, uh, yeah, that book is available wherever books are sold. And my podcast is heart of dating. If you want to listen to me, talk about all things dating with a bunch of different people, both Carrie and Kat have been on it. So come on over. And if you want to meet guys, come join our Facebook community because we have lots of people in there meeting and mingling. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it. Pat. Yeah, and my book is called Sexless in the City and you can go to sexlessinthecitybook.com to learn more about it, see the trailer, order it. It's as well on sale everywhere. And really my book is my experience of growing up in Southern conservative Christian culture and learning a set of rules and do's and don'ts about my body, about sex, dating, Christianity and sex, and really never questioning any of that until I moved to New York city almost a decade ago and fell in love, got heartbroken. And that a lot of that really set me on a trajectory to really deconstruct everything, like everything in the kitchen sink. <laughs> uh, basically I went on a journey of asking all the questions that I always wanted to ask about God and sex and sexuality, desire, singleness, feminism, gender roles, pretty masturbation, pretty much anything and everything in between that I wanted to ever ask God about (laughs) in regards to sex and sexuality. I asked those questions and my book really unpacks what I found in that journey. And my hope is to really equip people not with a new set of rules, but a robust God vision for intimacy and Mm. a framework to develop a healthy sexual ethic that's rooted in freedom and not shame. So I wouldn't anyone want to buy your books, quite frankly, lady, (laughs) lady. Thank you. Love you guys so much. Thank you for this time. And if, uh, yeah, just feel free to anyone listening that have any questions, feel free to DM all of us on Instagram because we love you. I love when people slide into those DMs. Come oh, on. Yeah. We love a good DM slide. Let's go. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you. Love you. Love you, girl. So good. Thank you so much for listening to the Carry On Podcast. I've so loved your messages. If you're new to this, um, then I'm on Instagram at Carrie Gracie. And you're welcome to DM me there. I do read my own messages. We do have a little team that help me out with it as well. And we have a Facebook page that is called Carrie Lloyd, funnily enough. So uh, if there's anything you want me to talk about, if there's anything you wish to get in touch with us about, uh, then you can also go on to www.carrielloyd.live. That's my um, main website where you can contact us through there. Um, Always a pleasure. Never a chore, darling.